Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Open your Bibles to the very first page of the book, Genesis chapter 1. God's kicking things off. If you don't have a paper Bible, pull out your digital Bible. I'm going to read this first portion in the ESV. So you can follow along word for word. And some of y'all looking at me like, nope, it'll be on the screen behind you. You're right. God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness and let's let them have dominion. Underline, circle, highlight, get that tattooed in Hebrew on your body. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the livestock, over all the earth over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God we were created male and female he created them God blessed them and God said y'all go be fruitful and multiply fill the earth subdue it here we go again have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Say every living thing. You have dominion over every living thing. Today we're gonna talk about dominion. Let's just highlight a few takeaways. Josh, just leave that up there for a few minutes. Uh, Number one, mankind, mankind was created in the image of God and the likeness of God. We were given dominion over all the earth We were created with only two genders, male and female. We were instructed to be fruitful and multiply. We were instructed to take dominion over everything on earth. Now that's Genesis 1. We also know that in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve done messed up. And they sinned, they rebelled against God. They gave away their dominion. The devil did not take dominion. Adam and Eve relinquished it to the devil. So so it's important to understand dominion so that you don't give away any portion of your dominion on the earth. So um, let me zoom out of the Bible verse and just tell you what's going on in our lives right now. So um, if if you're new, you you don't know the story, we have three kids, they're all grown. Our youngest is a student at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry out in Redding, California. And um, in her, she's going in her third year, but during her first year, so two years ago, she kind of started running with some other students and had a little friend group of about, you know, eight or 10 kids. And one of those was an Australian named Matthew. And um, uh, we were talking a few months ago, uh, Maddie's going to school in the fall, but he had to come in June, May for a wedding. So I was like, well, what are you gonna do with your summer? And he's like, I don't know, what do you got for me? And I'm like, Come on, baby. So uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Maddie's the guy who's been playing bass the last few weeks. Maddie was here all week redoing a bunch of work on our lighting. So um, he's staying at our house, and we were having dinner the other night with our son and daughter-in-law and my grandson, Hezekiah. And, um, and they were getting to know each other, just kind of making conversation. So uh, Maddie asked Josh, she said, so what do, you guys, what do you guys do for a living? And Joshua was like, well, we're in commercial real estate. My Becca, my, my in-laws own a commercial real estate firm. Um, so for some reason, Maddie asked this question. He said, why commercial real estate? And Joshua was like, got all fired up and he got his preacher voice on. He said, because in Christ, we have dominion on the earth. 
So therefore, whoever owns the land can have dominion over that portion of land. So we have real estate holdings so that the land would be under spirit-filled believers in the kingdom of God, so that we invite the Holy Spirit to take dominion over all of our properties and all of the cities where we have established. And Josh was saying, and then Josh is like, he's now standing up and he's starting to pace, if you know my son. He's like, so we want to own as much property in DFW as possible because we want to see revival come to our city and all 8 million people be born again and set free in Jesus' name. So I'm in the other room and my son is literally praying in tongues and he's just like encouraging himself in the Lord and I'm like my 23-year-old has a greater understanding of dominion than I do. Well, maybe I taught it all to him, but the point is there's a lot to learn about dominion. So today we're going to see what the Bible has to say about dominion. And about our role in that. Now, speaking of dominion, having ownership and, and taking dominion of a property. So I, I mentioned that, that, that Maddie is staying in our home this summer. So he has access, he has full reign and he, he, responsibility over the guest room and the guest bathroom. He has access to my fridge. He can sit on my couch and watch my TV. I have opened up our home where we have dominion and we have invited him in. So Josie and I own the home. We have dominion over that home. And we, have a, we, we literally have prayed and staked a claim for the Holy Spirit to, to be invited and to operate and to move in power in our home, in, in the city of Bedford, because we live in Bedford, because we have that dominion that has been granted to us. We have taken dominion. We, we understand our authority in that home. And not only the dominion and authority, but I also have power. I have nine millimeter black powder power to protect my home. It is, it's under my dominion. And if an enemy were to try to come into my home and hurt my family, I, I know my dominion, I would exercise my authority and I would use my power to defend my dominion. But this summer, Maddie has been invited in as a guest. He can eat our food, he can sleep you know, in our bedroom, in our guest room, he can sit on our couch. But here's the funny thing. Josie and I have our master bedroom on the other side of the house. We don't lock the door at night. If Maddie wanted to, he could go into the kitchen, get a kitchen knife, come into the bedroom at two o'clock in the morning when we are dead asleep and cut our heads off. Why? It's quite a, quite a picture. Some of you were like, Josie, not so much, but you sometimes. <laughs> because we have allowed him into our domain. Now, he's a trusted friend, but spiritually, I want you to ask Holy Spirit to examine your life. What have you given access to your dominion that doesn't belong there? Because if a bad guy were going to come at your house and try to hurt you and steal from you, and you would exercise your authority, dominion, and power, and you would end the threat. But so often, even spirit-filled Christians, sometimes by ignorance, we have opened up the heart homes and we have allowed things into our life to attack us from the inside out. Because we don't properly understand our dominion, we're leaving windows and doors open, we're, we're opening our home through Netflix and Harry Potter and, and sexual perversion on our entertainment, and we're saying, I want you to come and take dominion inside of my home, and then we're wondering why we're under attack of the enemy. Because you don't understand your dominion and you have invited those things into your life. 
Now, I just need to fix some bad theology because I do hear this from time to time. People will say, well, Satan is attacking me. Stop. Please don't give Satan such a job elevation. Satan is not the opposite of God. He is simply a fallen angel. He is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere in the world at one time like God can. So statistically, the devil himself is not attacking you. It's probably just some punk demon who is a lesser fallen angel with very limited power. Well, demons have power, yes, but when you are a spirit-filled believer in Jesus, you have infinitely more power than every demon in hell. You need to understand your dominion and power. Now, notice that I said if you are a spirit-filled believer in Christ, because when we live in Christ, you have dominion through his power, reign and rule over the earth. So when you take dominion over your home, by the way, if you can afford to own a home, I want you to do so. Now, granted, I know that people go through seasons in life or they're starting out in life and it's not possible. I'm just saying if you can afford to, I think it's important for spirit-filled believers to own their property and then take dominion because they can invite the Holy Spirit to take dominion in their city. But that comes through Christ. You're inviting Jesus to reign and rule over your home, over your heart. It is his victorious kingdom that is manifesting on the earth. Jesus alluded to this in Luke chapter 10. He said to the disciples, guys, I'm gonna, I have given authority, but I'm going to give it to you. I have authority. I'm giving it to you to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Say that with me. All the power of the enemy so that nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, you should not rejoice in this, that, that some little stupid evil spirits are subject to you. I want you to rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So just like in the Garden of Eden, remember God gave dominion to Adam and Eve and they blew it. Jesus is giving dominion over the enemy back to Jesus' followers. Now, I also need to say clearly, let's just for a moment think and just have the common sense that Jesus was not specifically only referring to scorpions and serpents and gross things like that. He was using that as an illustration that every evil spirit, every power of the enemy is subject to you because of his dominion in your life. Nothing can harm you. So because of that, you have authority and power and dominion over the unseen world. And too often, Christians just simply don't understand dominion, and they don't understand authority. There's a great illustration from the late Kenneth Hagin. He used to use this. He would say, you know when a traffic light goes out, and a police officer will come, and they'll walk into the middle of the intersection, and the police officer will hold up their hand, and all of the cars and trucks come to a stop? That's happening because the officer understands their authority to stop vehicles. They do not have the power. A human person cannot stop cars and trucks from coming, but a person that understands authority can hold up their hand and cars and trucks will stop. Because you have to understand there is a lot of power in properly exercised authority. So too often we're getting slapped around by tiny little demons because we don't know that we're the ones that should stand up and say, no, that's enough. I greatly outrank you and the power in me in Jesus is greater than your power. Enough is enough, knock it off. The Holy Spirit in you has, has great power and dominion. This is demonstrated in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus and the disciples, they, um, they all jump into the boat. 
And they're crossing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, if you're wondering what the Sea of Galilee looks like, and you're wondering what a boat from Jesus' time looks like, I would encourage you to sign up for the Israel tour in November, because that window is closing, and you'd better sign up really, this is almost last call for you to sign up for the Israel tour, but I'll take you to the Sea of Galilee, I'll take you on a boat onto the Sea of Galilee, and I'll take you to a museum where they have found a boat from Jesus' day, and it's about 21 feet long, and there's 13 guys in this boat. That's a lot of human beings weighing down a little tiny boat. They're out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. A storm kicks up. Waves are coming over the edges of the boat, and it's about to swamp the boat. So the disciples wake up Jesus, who was asleep in the back, and say, Rabbi, we are about to die. So Matthew chapter 4 and verse 39, Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid and why do you not have faith? So they were no longer afraid of the wind and the sea. Now they were filled with great fear and they said to one another, who is this man that the wind and the sea obey him? He is a man full of the Holy Spirit that understood his authority on the earth. You are a man, you are a woman, full of the Holy Spirit that needs to learn and understand your authority on the earth. That just like a police officer raising his hand and knowing in the authority that the cars and trucks are going to stop, you stand up in Jesus' name and say, you know what, that is enough of the attack of the enemy in my life and in my family and in my mind and in my heart. That is enough. And you speak peace over your life. Now, I will say this, it takes great faith. And that's why Jesus said, why do you lack faith? Don't you understand it takes faith to operate? Jesus says peace, and there was peace. So my question to you is, what do you need to be declaring over your life and then seeing it manifest? You need to stand up in your life in whatever area and say peace, blessing, health, joy, faith, wisdom, compassion, prosperity, whatever that is. You need to stand up in your authority and be like, I am declaring this over my life, and I am expecting it. I preached this at length in January. So I'm not going to preach it now. If if you're new to the church, go back to the YouTube archive and grab this message from January about permissions and what you allow. And it comes from this portion of Scripture where Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 18, truly I say to you at Uncommon Church, whatever you bind on the earth, it's going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth is going to be loosed in heaven. And Jesus says, again, I'm saying to you, if just two of you would agree on anything in earth, about anything you ask, it's going to be done for you by my Father in heaven. Because where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Jesus is not in some far distant cosmic, you know, celestial, heavenly place. Jesus is in this room right here, right now, because two or three are gathered in his name. What we draw from this portion of Scripture and from Jesus' teaching is that heaven affects earth and earth affects heaven. So our dominion on the earth it is originated in heaven. How are we doing on time? Because according to my notes, all of that was just an introduction. I told you we're going to be here a minute. New people are like, dang it, it's one of those churches. Wouldn't you rather be fed the word of God than fed the garbage that we get? And just, just being in life? Come on, somebody. What I really wanted to get to was in Ephesians. If you have not read the book of Ephesians lately, 
That is your homework. This week, I want you to read the book of Ephesians, and I don't want you to speed read it. God did not say speed read the Bible. He said meditate on my word. I want you to read the book of Ephesians, and I want you to read it slowly and just verse by verse, and I want you to just really soak it in. Now, I'm going to give you a little head start. Remember how the teacher would give you homework, and then you would start the homework in class? We're going to read almost two chapters of Ephesians right now, so you're welcome. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse, let's go to 16. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he says, guys, I just never cease giving thanks for you. I remember you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, might give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. If you're a grammar Nazi, you're going to hate the Apostle Paul's run-on sentence. That you would know the hope of what he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for those that believe. Do you believe this morning? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And look at where he seated him. He seated him in his right hand in heavenly places. Circle that in your Bible. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Circle that in your Bible. Above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He will put all things under his feet, and he gave him as head over all things the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Whoop, 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 slow down. Your finger got it carried away. Go back up. There it is. The fullness of him who fills all in all. So just a couple things I want to pull out of Ephesians chapter 1. Number one, we need our eyes to be opened for the spirit to empower us, and it comes through wisdom and revelation. It is not head knowledge. Our eyes are open through the Holy Spirit. You can't just read the book of Ephesians and understand this. It has to be imparted to you by the Father in heaven because you are a child of God, and our loving Father is giving us a glorious inheritance. What is that inheritance? The, immeasur the immeasurable. You can't even count how great the power of God is for who? For believers in the Lord Jesus. And we get all of that because Jesus defeated the enemy. He has all authority, power, and dominion, and then he was lifted up and seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. And he put all the works of the enemy under his feet, and then he set his bride, the church, his body, over the works of the enemy. So when attacks come in your life, you need to remind yourself that all of the garbage that you are facing is under Jesus' feet, and you are part of the body of Christ, which he has set above every wicked thing in the world. You have dominion, power, and authority to clear out anything in your life that doesn't belong. Anything in your heart, anything in your mind, anything in your body that doesn't belong. Why? Because he has, through the Holy Spirit, given you immeasurably great power over every demonic thing. Then, now, and tomorrow, the devil can't invent anything that Jesus doesn't have dominion over. Jump over chapter 2 because we're going to come back there in a minute to chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul continues his prayer for the church in Ephesus in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ might dwell in your hearts, how? Through faith. That you have been rooted and grounded in love and that you might have strength to do what? To comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and how to know the love of Christ that surpasses your own wisdom and understanding and knowledge that you might be filled with all of the fullness. That's a lot. You would be filled with all of the fullness, what? Of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I'd mentioned Kenneth Hagin earlier today, but this is a giant revelation that Kenneth Hagin turned into a prayer that we would begin to transform ourselves from the inside out until we fully understand the width, length, height, and depth of the power of Jesus that lives in our hearts. And it only comes through the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. And it is beyond, you can't learn it in a book, you can't even just learn it by, by sitting in a sermon. It has to come through a revelation of the Holy Spirit in your life. So how do you build this kind of faith? What Kenneth Hagin did is he, he wrote this into a prayer, and this was the Apostle Paul praying over the church. He just took out all of the you's and the yours, and he put in me and my and I. So this is a portion of scripture that from Ephesians chapter one through Ephesians chapter three that I'd like for you to circle back to on the YouTube later and mark this point, and you, pr you learn to pray this prayer over your life. So Ephesians chapter 1 as a prayer. Therefore, as a member of a church, we can pray this over our lives. You ready? Here we go. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would give me the spirit of, oh, some of you are praying out loud, like to hear it, hear it go all together. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened, that I would know what is the hope to which he has called me, which is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, which is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards me who believes, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him as head over all things to me, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Keep praying into Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, according to the riches of his glory, that he might grant me to be strengthened with power in his spirit in my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, and that I would be rooted and grounded in love, that I would have strength to comprehend with all of uncommon church what is the width, length, height, and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that I might be filled with all of the fullness of God. Amen? Come on, somebody. Listen, I guarantee if you pray that prayer every day, over time, you'll begin to receive more wisdom and revelation by the Holy Spirit about your dominion, authority, and power 
and the work that he has called you to do in the life. I want you to pray it every day, and you're not gonna be thinking fearful, weak, sad, sorry, limp-wristed, pitiful little orphan prayers anymore. You're gonna be praying from a heavenly perspective, looking down on the earth and being like, I have victory and power and authority over everything that's trying to come against me. Your perspective will change because you'll be praying from a heavenly perspective, recognizing that Jesus is the source of all power, wisdom, and authority, and that he has dominion over everything on the earth. So then you're gonna exercise that dominion on the earth. And I tell you what, when you really get this locked into your heart, you won't be late for worship anymore because you'll be so fixed on the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father, you're gonna be here early like, come on, start the song already. I wanna give him praise for his wisdom, power, and authority. Our focus should not be on the things of this world. Our focus is the one seated on the throne of God because he has been elevated above all of the garbage that we face, seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. He took back dominion, power, and authority, and then through the Holy Spirit, he gives it to me. But can I tell you something that you need to learn from Ephesians chapter 2? Remember, Jesus has all that wisdom, power, dominion, and authority seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. But Paul told the church in Ephesus in chapter 2 and verse 4, God being rich in his mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses or our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you were saved, and he raised us up with him, and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Jesus took back dominion, power, and authority. He was seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father, and because of God's great love and grace for you, he saved you and then sat you with Jesus in heavenly places. So next time you have these like, fearful, limp-wristed, just sorry, weak, I almost said the A word in church, weak prayers, remember the dominion, power, and authority with which you operate, seated together with Christ. It means you look down from 30,000 feet and your problems get a lot smaller when you see them from heaven's perspective. No weapon formed against you can prosper. When you're seated next to Jesus in heavenly places, no weapon formed against you can prosper. No little piddly demon in hell can come against you when you look at everything through the perspective of heaven's power, wisdom, dominion, and authority over the earth. Earthly problems get really small when you look at them from heaven's throne room looking down. So Jesus taught the disciples because they were like, JC, how do we pray? He goes, pray like this. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Where? On earth. How? Just like it is in heaven. Let, your, let the kingdom of heaven, let the will of the Father be released right here, right now on the earth. So too often we lose focus of the one who is seated on the right hand of God. And we put our focus on Netflix and we put our focus on the economy and we put our focus on our checkbook and we put our focus on our health and our mind. And if somebody likes me or doesn't like me, we need to keep our focus on the one who is seated at the right hand of God. When we see things from heavenly perspective, we walk in dominion, power, and authority, but so often we keep our eyes focused on the earth, we run into trouble, and then we throw up like a Hail Mary, like, God, you gotta help me. And he's like, I need you to learn the Bible and live it. I'll help you, but I'm gonna help you understand Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 so that you can operate in the dominion that I have put on the inside of you. Heaven isn't a place we go when we die. Heaven is a place we bring down and live it out right here and right now. Listen, if we would get this, if we would learn this, if, our, if we would receive Holy Spirit wisdom and revelation 
It would transform our mind. It would transform our hearts. It would transform our homes. It would transform our entertainment. It would transform our children, our grandchildren. It would transform our church. It would transform this city. And then that would lead to revival. When we get this right, the mid-cities will be born again. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 11 says, when it goes well with the righteous and uncommon, the whole city rejoices. But when the wicked perish, there's shouts of gladness. By the blessing of the upright and uncommon church, a city is exalted. A useless city becomes useful, becomes an Onesimus, a useful city. Throwback to last Sunday's message, I should do this for a living. Cities and regions that are transformed for the power of God is only because spirit-filled people understand dominion, authority, and power, and they operate in it. I'm trying to think of where I should go from here. I think I'm just going to land the plane in a minute and, and, and get you to start praying out some things and maybe just take a look around of what has, you have given dominion to inside of your home. Because what I, I don't want you to miss is this is not just for you to be blessed. It is, he will, but it's not just a bless me club. The whole purpose of understanding dominion, authority, and power is for lost people to get saved. Remember I told you 20 minutes ago that Joshua and Rebecca want to own as much land in DFW as possible because they want to take dominion over that land so that the powers of, of darkness in the air will be driven back so that more souls can be saved. Josh says he'll retire when all 8 million people in DFW are born again. Where does that heart, where does that passion for lost people come from? Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, after Jesus' resurrection, before his ascension, he came and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus said to Uncommon Church, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he took back all power, dominion, and authority, and then he gave it to us for what purpose? To disciple nations. And you can't disciple nations until you learn to take dominion over them. And you can't take dominion over a nation until you learn to take dominion over a city. And you can't take dominion over a city until you learn to take dominion over your house, over your heart, over your mind. So many times people say, well, the devil is just attacking me. No, you're just making stupid decisions and then living with those consequences. It's not an attack of the enemy. It's an attack of your own ignorance. That's why some people are just like, whoa. It's good preaching, isn't it? Says my son who triggered all this. I created a human just to cheer me on. I love you, buddy. We give the devil way too much credit. He is a fallen angel. We give demons way too much credit. Yes, demons have power. Yes, they have a little bit of power. You have infinitely more power in Jesus' name. So we need to learn, Holy Spirit, is there any area in the dominion of my life that I have opened a door for an enemy to, to, to come into my bedroom at night and slip my throat? Let me just, go ahead and hop up on your feet. Go ahead, let me just, um, Summarize the last 30 minutes. In the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve, and then he said, I give you power, authority, and dominion over the whole earth, so go and take dominion over the whole earth. Now, we all know that in Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they rebelled against God, and then they gave that dominion back to the devil. 
So Jesus came and he dealt with the sin issue. He didn't cover our sins. He removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. So he dealt with the sin issue. And then the very first thing he did was gave authority back to mankind. For what purpose? To disciple nations. To see lost people born again. So therefore, we live our lives without fear. We're like, well, I'm just, I'm so afraid of the tornado. I'm so afraid of the cancer. I'm so afraid of the economy. I'm so afraid of it. Listen, if you want to be afraid of those things, knock yourself out. But I have no fear because I'm operating in dominion, power, and authority that comes from heaven and is released on the earth. They don't have any impact on my life. They don't have any impact over me. The only influence that the devil has over me is what I give him. That was good, right? I'm going to say it again because Eric and I are the only ones that got that. The only dominion that the devil has over me is what I give him. So look around in your life. Is there any area of your life that you've given dominion to the devil? Ask the Holy Spirit to point it out. When we go into this time of ministry, just say, Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that I've given dominion to the enemy? Is there any open window? Is there any open door? Is there any generational curses? Is there any sin in my life? Is there any word curses over my life? Is there anything that I'm entertained to, that I'm addicted to? Is there anything that I'm doing that is allowing the devil to have dominion in my life? I will say, listen to me carefully. If you continue to allow willful sin, repetitive sin in your life, that is an open door and you're giving away dominion to the devil. I'm not saying one time you live holy, but you, you tripped and you kicked you know, the foot of the bed and you said a bad word. I, I'm not talking about the occasional sin. I'm talking about willful, repetitive sin against the Lord. That's what Adam and Eve did, was willful sin, disobedience against God. So if you have allowed, if there's sin in your life, if you're getting high, if you're looking at porn, if you're a jerk, if you're hitting your, your wife or kid, if you're hitting your wife and your kids, we've got some police officers that I'd like you to talk to. And we've got some guys in our church that'll meet you out back after church. If there's willful sin in your life, you need to repent, close those doors, ask God to forgive you, wash you and cleanse you, and then take your dominion back. Psalm 119, direct my steps in your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. So if you live according to God's word, you won't have sin having dominion over your life. The problem is in today's world, we have taken the word of God and we have thrown it out and called that book a joke. That book is what help keeps you holy and keeps the dominion of sin off of your life. You can't live according to a word you've never read, studied, and applied to your life. A, a dusty Bible does not keep the dominion of sin from, from affecting your life. Now, I also give a warning for those of you that like to have dominion and control and religion and rules and regulations because many people have studied the Bible and they do it out of obligation or religion or duty and yet they still have the dominion of sin in their life. You can memorize the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and sin can still have dominion over you. Why? Because it's not a work of your understanding. Romans 6.14 says sin will continue to have, sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, you're under grace. So holiness is always going to be a work of grace, not works. You can live according to the word of God out of obligation, but that's religion, and that's where shame comes in. This kind of pursuing God and understanding dominion, power, and authority comes from where did Paul teach us in Ephesians 1 and 3? Revelation of the Holy Spirit. 
So that's the important thing is that we ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and revelation. Is that God would transform our lives. Some of you right now that you already know there's things in your life that you have got to stop doing. You have got to repent of sin. You have got to make changes in your life. There's some people here, when I talk about all of this dominion, power, and authority, it only comes in Christ. And you're over here like, um, what about the people that are not in Christ? I have good news for you. Jesus loves you so much that even when you were a sinner, he died on the cross for you. And he's, he's willing to remove your sin as far as the east is from the west, adopt you into the family of God, and seat you in heavenly places and then give you his power and authority. If you're here today or you're watching online and you're not right with God, that's awesome. Today is your day to get right with God. It might be the first time in your life you've ever prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time because you have allowed sin back into your life. That's great. Today's the day to pray. Today's the day to ask God to forgive you and be the Lord of your life that you can begin to operate in dominion, power, and authority because you are seated with Christ, in Christ, in heavenly places. The devil's been smacking you around because you opened the door to the enemy and he's been taking dominion in your life. He's going into your bedroom and stabbing you at night. I'm telling you, he doesn't have the authority to do that unless you're giving him that authority. So if you're here today or you're watching online and you're not right with God, let's pray and get right with God. With every head up and every eye open, if you need to pray this prayer and ask God to forgive you of your sin, make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time or the first time in a long time, I want you to shoot your hand up real high right now, even at home at YouTube, just shoot your hand up and say, preacher, pray for me. I'm gonna get right with God today. There's one right there, is there anybody else? One right there, is there anybody else? One over there, is there anybody else? Shoot your hand up. Just say, I'm getting right with God today. Good, yay God. All right, YouTube, I haven't talked to you for a while. Right there, you in your living room, watching that screen, right between you and God, I just want you to raise your hand and say, I'm gonna get right with God today. I'm gonna repent of this sin. For the sake of the YouTubers and everybody in this room and what I did head up and every eye open, some of you were like, oh, no, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what about every head bowed and every eye closed? <laughs> Jesus was hung naked on a cross in front of all of Jerusalem. If you need to get right with God, you can raise your hand in front of a room full of people that love you. All right, let's pray. If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. YouTube, you don't get to be quiet because you're at home. It has to be prayed out loud. If you believe it in your heart, pray this out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive the gift of eternal life. I will be seated in heavenly places. I will learn dominion, power, and authority. And I will stake a claim for the kingdom of God on the earth. Because I want to see people born again. So Lord, use me in my city to establish your dominion. Holy Spirit, speak to me. If there's any area of my life that I have given dominion to the enemy, show me right now so I can repent and drive out every unclean thing. Unclean spirits, I bind and rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have no dominion in my life, so you must go. I will walk in health, I will walk in peace. I will walk in prosperity. In Jesus' name.
If you agreed, say amen. amen. Come on, somebody, shout for joy. Shout for joy because of his power, because of his dominion in your life. God is so good. All right, we're gonna do a bunch of things all at once. I'd like our prayer team to come down. YouTube, if you're watching at home and you got right with God, I want you to text the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. Now all that does is send an auto response form. I need you to fill out that form Click submit because we want to put your name on a light bulb on our Jesus wall. We want to pray for you and encourage you on your walk with God. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.